there's a time when I drove across Texas seeking out great stories. I tell you what, these days I get tired just hearing John Millay lay out his road trip itinerary. We're going to tell you where he's been, what he's seen, and we're going to honor uh, uh, an esteemed colleague here. We'll also get to the most valuable teammate. This is Preps Today with John Millay, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod to see all the shows and our live shows dates as they are released uh, you can also go to talknorth.com and see the shows the archives of the shows our outdoor content our variety content thanks so much for listening to talknorth.com and the best way to listen subscribe to your favorite podcast app it is free it is easy all right let's start with the great lisa lissamore john yeah jim uh, the high school league we made an announcement this week that lisa lissamore who is just as uh, one of the most incredible people i know whether you're talking about high school sports and activities or not, but Lisa has announced she'll be retiring from the high school league staff at the end of April. You know, it's, she's got one of those jobs that your general high school sports fan probably doesn't know much about Lisa, but anybody who's been involved with anything the high school league does, particularly the, the sports she has been in charge of. Uh, Lisa is, is, is highly regarded as anybody in the country in one of these jobs. And she's the longest serving member of the high school league staff. She'll go out with basically 34 years and she's not that old, but good for her. She's going to step away from her role as an associate director and boy, you know, let, take it from me. She's going to be really, really missed uh, professionally, you know, by everybody um, she's worked with. And then just personally for people like me who see her all the time and, and love to sit and chat with her. Uh, and Lisa has a great Minnesota sports background and history. She played basketball at St. Paul Central, where one of her teammates was a, uh, a young woman who later became uh, Joe Maurer's mother, Teresa. She and Lisa were teammates on the uh, St. Paul Central girls basketball team that won the very first two-way girls state championship in 1976. She was a tremendous athlete at St. Paul Central, uh, played basketball for the Gophers before transferring to Grandview College in Des Moines. She's never been a high school basketball coach, but she's a member of the Minnesota Girls Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame just because of everything she's done. Uh, she received an award from the National Federation last summer that that's pretty rare. And it seems like just about everybody connected with high school sports in the country knows either they know Lisa personally, if not, they certainly know of Lisa from Minnesota. And I'm not going to try to list everything she's done over the years, but you know, just the sports she's been involved with and as far as leading these sports, running state tournaments, they include cross country, swimming and diving, basketball, synchronized swimming, badminton, softball. Uh, she's also responsible for all the high school league's corporate sponsorships and all the recognition programs, what are, you know, the hall of fame, the AAA, the Excel award, Spotlight on Scholarship and the Most Valuable Teammate Award, which which we talk about every week on this podcast. And we've got a new Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee at the High School League. Lisa's been instrumental in getting that off the ground. Um, it's funny, you know, it, it's not even a week. Uh, it's just a few days since this has been announced. And the reaction on Twitter to this from people who have worked with Lisa coaches, you know, tournament workers, officials. It's just been so great to see. And, and, and I was up in Roseau. We're going to talk about my trip to Roseau this week, but I was talking to John Michaels, a radio broadcaster from War Road. 
And he had heard the Lisa news and, and he's been to the state softball tournament. He talked about the first time he was there trying to find his way around. And, and here was Lisa, the tournament director, taking care of him. And that's the kind of person Lisa is, you know. John had a very brief encounter with Lisa, but he's, he still remembers it and told me to tell her personally how much he appreciated her. Uh, Lisa and her husband, Dennis. Dennis has been retired for a few years. They have one child. A uh, great young man. Kendall is his name. He's a senior at Eastridge. He is going to be a Division I basketball player at the University of St. Thomas. So Lisa and Dennis uh, next year will be able to make the short drive to, to watch Kendall play with the Tommies. And again, it's just the outpouring of love and respect for Lisa has just been something I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. She's clearly had such a great impact on people, again, professionally. And personally, and her position will be filled, but uh, her shoes will never be filled. That's the best way I can sum it up. She's a great friend. And, and while I'm really sad to see her leave our office, I'm thrilled for her. She's worked hard for a long time, put her heart and soul into into high school activities and uh, just is, is, uh, is the, the best kind of person I've ever known. So congrats to Lisa. We're all going to miss her and we wish her nothing but uh, good luck in the future. Good stuff. And by the way, when I started writing about the Mowers way back when, I was always told that Teresa was the uh, was the best athlete in the family. <laughs> I have heard the same thing. No kidding. <laughs> now, tell me about your long winter trip to Roseau. I kind of cringed. I'm glad you listen. I'm glad you go out and do what you do. But you know, man, with uh, the way the the weather's been lately, the roads. Uh, how did the trip to Roseau go? You know, it was phenomenal, Jim. It was just one of the most memorable trips I've ever had. And it, it was a bucket list thing. I've seen boys and girls hockey teams from Roseau and Warroad at state tournaments many, many times, but I had never been up there for a hockey game. I'd, I'd been to Roseau for a girls basketball game a few years back when they had a great run with a couple of state championship teams. Yeah, I remember that. So I had been there for a sporting event, but it wasn't hockey. And that is a hockey town. So I got that knocked off the bucket list. I, I left about, I don't know, 8.45 Tuesday morning, and I kind of meandered up there. I had plenty of time to get there, you know, check into the hotel, face off at 7 o'clock, the Warroad boys coming to Roseau. It took me seven hours. I got held up a little bit by a, a train in downtown Wadena that was not moving for some reason. I had to kind of circumnavigate my way around that and uh, made a pit stop there. But it was really fun, Jim. You know, Rozo and Waro, they're only 22 miles apart. This is one of the great historic rivalries in, in all of Minnesota sports. Well worth the seven-hour drive up there. And then uh, as we're talking here on Thursday, I drove home Wednesday in the middle of the day. And that was about eight hours because we had snow and blowing snow and the roads were not great. I took a little, I took some time, but I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to visit the ditch on my way home. But uh, yeah, it was really fun. I, I, I'm in the process of putting together a couple stories from my time up there. Uh, so keep an eye on John's journal at mshsl.org. And this worked out great, John. I mean, this was a big game. Both of these teams came in with tremendous records. Warroad was 11-0, Rozo 11-1. Both are highly ranked. Warroad's in Class A. Years ago, Rozo opted up to double A. Um, so they had some historic battles in Section 8 tournaments, you know, when only one of them would get to state. And I wouldn't be surprised to see both these teams at state. They are really good. They are really fun to watch. And it was interesting, before the game, several people from both towns 
said it doesn't the records don't matter when these teams meet you, you just don't know what's going to happen and when you get two teams like that you know 11 and 0 11 and 1 you figure this is going to be right down to the wire and it did not go that way warroad came in the first period was scoreless uh warroad got a shorthanded goal in the second period and that got them going and the final score was warroad 5 rozo nothing and i did a little research i think that was only the fifth time that Rozo has been shut out by Warroad, and they've been playing since 1945. This was the 179th meeting, and Rozo had been shut out by Warroad, I think, only four times previously. So it was funny. Then the next day, I hung around town uh, the next morning, visited the school. My friend Tom Jerome, who's the superintendent up there, current president of the high school league board of directors was showing me around the school, which, which is awesome. They're, they've got some really cool construction projects going on. It's really going to be something when it's done. But after the game, people were joking, you know, the next morning about just, I thought you might've canceled school. Are we supposed to be wearing black armbands? We don't know how to do this. We don't know how to get, you know, how to handle getting beat five zip by, by Warroad. But it was, I, I I don't know what to compare it to, Jim. I've been to a lot of big games, you know, big professional games and big venues, but in this in this arena, Rozo Memorial Arena, built in 1949, it's got that big arched wooden ceiling with those great big beams up there, about 3,000 seats. I mean, that's what they list. I don't know how you get 3,000 people in there, but it was it was filled beyond capacity. Um, just just one of the best atmospheres that I've ever seen. And it's an old timer up there, Bob Lund. He's 81 years old. His son, Greg is the Rozo coach and Bob has lived there basically his whole life. And he remembers when the building was built and he was telling me, he said, you know, before plexiglass, there was chicken wire above the boards. And I said, wait a minute, Bob, (laughs) say that again. Yeah. Before plexiglass came along, there was chicken wire to in case the puck ever came up over the boards, which it hardly ever did. He said hockey was played. The puck barely left the ice, but you had chicken wire around the ends of the board. So it's quite a quite a sight. I tweeted lots of photos and videos just from the scene up there. Um, go to at MSHL Sal John on Twitter. You can see those, uh, but they don't do it justice. And I had seen a lot of photos and videos of the arena. And they didn't do it justice. And I walked in there with Tom Jerome. We were in there a couple of hours before game time. It was empty. And afterwards, I hung around and did some interviews, and we were about the last people to leave. And I'm telling you, Jim, it's like walking in and out of a of a church. It really is. That's all I could think of is with this beautiful wooden ceiling and and, and just so much history in that place. It was uh, it was tremendous. I you know I talked with both coaches, Jay Hardwick of War Road, Greg Londoroso. And they both graduated from their schools. They know all about the rivalry. Um, it was really, really something. And it's not just the old arena there right next door. You walk down a hallway, they've got a second sheet of ice. It's called the North Rink. And this is really cool. This is why towns like that produce so much hockey talent. The, the, the North Rink is basically open 24 hours a day. Anybody wants to come in, strap on the skates and, and go out they're welcome to it. I mean, sometimes there's tournaments and, and, you know, teams from all over the state come to play, but that North rink, one dad told me it's like a daycare center. We drop the kids off. We know they're going to be taken care of and we'll pick them up later. So, and then there's a third sheet of ice, uh, the Rams sports arena on the other side of town, there's a third sheet of ice. So in that little bitty town, there's, there's three ice sheets and that kind of tells you how, 
how big hockey is there. And there are just so many little cool things that happened while I was there. You know, they do a 50-50 raffle with, you know, you buy a certain number of tickets. I gave them 10 bucks. I got a bunch of tickets and half the money goes to the Youth Hockey Association, I assume. And the winning ticket gets the other half of it. Somebody went home with more than $1,000 in cash from the 50-50 raffle. That's how much money uh people handed over for a chance and uh you know the pep band played the Rosal pep band which i've heard at the xl center many times but to hear them in their home arena was really cool and then like i said before i left town uh late wednesday morning I, I, tom jerome gave me a nice tour of the school uh we had hard hats on we kind of felt like construction workers which which were not um, but really cool to see in a town that that when this thing was put before the voters, this project, uh, basically 75% said yes. And that's really rare in a school referendum. That says quite a bit about Roseau and the, the kind of commitment that community has to their school and their kids. They're adding modern classrooms, you know, big windows, great light. The gym is being redone, new locker rooms and everything else. Uh, it, it's a small town. It's a K through 12 school in the same facility. There's always a lot happening there. And I love to get inside schools when I can because there's just so much great energy in a school. And I even I even visited a classroom. Anna Olson is a, is a veteran English teacher. And uh, Tom had told her I was coming. So we, we interrupted one of her English classes and, and I talked about my job and what I do and, and tried to offer a little advice, you know, to young kids interested in in communications or journalism or anything else. But I uh, uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, Kelsey Didrickson, who I've known from covering the girls basketball team, she's a teacher, saw her at the hockey game and the school. And uh, it's good to see her again. And I met so many teachers and staff and parents who, who follow me on Twitter. I didn't know I had so many Twitter followers in Roseau. And I, I always tell them, I know it's disappointing when you meet me in person because I'm, I'm much more awesome on Twitter. I'm sorry to disappoint you. You had to meet me in person, but it was really good. And, you know, as I was driving home, uh, kind of on some slippery roads, it still was really grateful because I always talk about how much I enjoy my job. And this, this long overdue hockey trip to Roseau was just about as much fun as I've had. You know, it was cold up there. My car did start, but I was pumping gas at the holiday station uh, late, late at night after the game. It was damn cold. It's just cold up there. It's a long ways away, but boy, that trip was really special. It was worth it. So great thanks to Tom Jerome and everybody in Roseau and War Road, everybody who was so nice to a visitor from the high school league. I'll, I'll never forget it. Good stuff. Hey, we're overdue thanking Pizza Bar, our sponsor, PizzaBarnPrinceton.com. We do hope to get up to Pizza Barn for a live show soon. We're going to kind of slow play it a little bit while Omicron's going a little nuts, but we do look forward to getting up and seeing Jody stay. We will certainly get up there, Jim, and do another show right from the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton. Uh, they have announced the pizza of the month for January, the first pizza of the month of the new year. It's the triple pepperoni. This, I think... Has been on the shelf as the pizza of the month for for a while, but it's back now. Uh, there's three layers of pepperoni in three different forms. I'm not going to go into the details, but pepperoni in three different forms. The pizza bar's famous crust underneath it, all that cheese. It just sounds fantastic. If we get up there yet in January, I'm going to go for the triple pepperoni. Jody knows I'm a pepperoni guy, and if you're going to triple it, I can't imagine anything much better than that. And, of course, the Pizza Barn has a large menu with everything you'd want for lunch, dinner, in-person dining, take and bake delivery. They cater, 
and that we can't forget the famous pizza bar and food truck. It's a family owned business. They're closing in on 40 years as, as a family owned business right there in downtown Princeton off of 169. Easy to get to. It's a fantastic community asset for Princeton and, and, and the region up there and far beyond. So thanks to Jody and everybody at the pizza barn. Thanks, Jody. Hey, let's uh, get to our most valuable teammate. And uh, really, who is it this week? Yeah, let's start with that uh, here as we close the show. The latest most valuable teammate, uh, a person, a high school student honored every week by the high school league is Holly High School cross-country senior Lily Peterson. She helped rejuvenate the Holly cross-country program with her talent and passion. <clears throat> her passion is contagious, and, and uh, Lily truly values the team aspect of the sport. She knows it's much easier to perform when you have others in your foxhole going through the same workouts and races. She understands that completely and helps elevate her teammates. Congrats to Lily Peterson of Holly, the uh, high school league most valuable teammate. And I'm going to wrap it up with a little note I received via email. I think this was Monday night in Hancock. It's not rare that a high school basketball player scores a thousand points in their career. Uh, it's rare when two players on two different teams do it against each other in the same gym. And that's what happened in Hancock. Uh, Carly Hansen of Hancock and Grace Van Erp of Battle Lake each reached the 1000 point milestone in that game. I think Hancock came out on top of that, but I, I think what, uh, especially those two kids and their families will remember is reaching a thousand points uh, during the same game on a, on a fun night at the gym at Hancock. So congratulations to Carly and Grace. Good stuff. I'm glad your travels went well. By the way, how many episodes of Preps Today with John Malay can you listen to in a seven hour drive? <laughs> I listened. I, I I didn't listen to our show. I listened to podcasts. But I'll tell you what. Uh, it's so I you know we remember the days of AM FM radio. That's all yeah. you had. And with you know I've got satellite radio. I've got podcasts. I've got I have a lot of options. You know it's almost uh, it's almost too much to choose from. So uh, yeah, that that would be a good way to spend seven hours. I don't know how many of these shows you'd have to go through, but you could get through a few, and it would be highly entertaining. So there you go. No doubt about it. Hey, thank you to our sales executive, Karen Cleary. Thanks to everyone who has listened to TalkNorth.com. Thanks once more to Jody Stay and Pizza Barn in Princeton. We'll be back more next week with more of John's Travels. 